Hey, Micah here. If you have ever thought about writing a book, I'm wondering if you know that you're already on the writing journey. We have partnered with our friends at HopeWriters.com to share a free 30-second quiz to see where you are in your writing journey and to help you move forward in getting the story out of your mind and into the hearts and minds of others. To learn more and to take their free 30-second quiz, you can go to HopeWriters.com backslash quiz. I'll say it again. That's HopeWriters.com backslash quiz. H-O-P-E-W-R-I-T-E-R-S dot com backslash quiz. If you have a message of hope to share, Hope Writers wants to help you use it to inspire your readers. Okay, you guys, let's be real. Getting yourself and your kids dressed in the morning, is this a constant battle? Yes. Do we need to make our lives easier? Yes. So I'm going to tell you about something. Stitch Fix is a way to now get style for the whole family. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing, shoes, and accessories directly to you. And now we can get it for our kids. That's right. New kids boxes. They offer size 2T through 14. So get started today at stitchfix.com slash kids slash the lucky view to try Stitch Fix with a no styling fee and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash kids slash the lucky few. Hey friends, welcome to the lucky few podcast where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. This is Micah, Mercedes, and Heather. And you are listening to our very special bonus episode of season three. We last week talked about what we loved most about this season, where we went deep on what it means to own your influence and shout the worth of people with Down syndrome in the spaces that we all already inhabit. And one of the people who we love the most, who has been shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. In fact, I think she came up with the, the phrase, shout the worth. <laughs> uh, people, I think she made it up. This is true. This is true. <laughs> and we love her, and we are so excited that today, as we do what we always do, celebrating people in our community who are using their voices, um, we are celebrating Heather Avis today, who has used her voice in a beautiful way in a new book that is coming out June 25th. So today we're gonna chat about this new beautiful important book for our community called Scoot Over and Make Some Room. We are gonna talk about the book with our dearest co-host and the book's author, Heather, the queen of Instagram, Avis. Oh my gosh, stop it. <laughs> and we... I didn't, you have to tell everybody that I didn't, that I didn't give myself that title. She did Please. not give herself that title. Mercedes, We just that up. keep... She says she did not give... No, she didn't give us that She's title. wearing a, qu- a crown right now. I am wearing a crown. And I do have a shirt that says queen of Instagram, but I did not... You oh. have a shirt that says that? No, never. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, I mean, if you do, that's fine. I don't. <laughs> so 
Without further ado, we are scooting over today. So everybody, welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. All right, we are here, and we are interviewing our co-host, the beautiful Heather Avis, today to talk about her new book, Scoot Over and Make Some Room. So welcome, everybody, and welcome Welcome. to the table, Heather Avis. (laughs) You get to experience the hard-hitting interview style that is Mercedes and Micah. Oh, I'm nervous. (laughs) I do a lot of podcast (laughs) interviews, and this is... By far the strangest, (laughs) because I'm not supposed to be being interviewed, and yeah, here we are. And 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 Mercedes and Micah are not the best interviewers. (laughs) So we will just like this will be kind of like yeah. Let's let's (laughs) our interview style is like chips and guacamole interview style. Perfect. So I don't really know what that means except that. I think cash. It's casual. Cash is what I'm trying to say. A little bit of cash. Perfect. Yes. Well, thanks for having me on, ladies. What a treat. <laughs> what a treat. What a treat. I'm so excited about this book and I I'm excited to talk about it. Good, because we're excited to talk about it too. Because we love it and we love you. And I have actually I feel really um excited because I've gotten to spend a lot of time with this sweet, beautiful baby book that is about to be born into the world and (laughs) so I do feel a little bit like an auntie to I feel like and I'll tell everybody um the process of this that I feel like Micah is the midwife and doula basically (laughs) 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 it was like a year ago was it a year yeah it was after lucky mama's um, reunion retreat and I had just like had word vomit on paper and (laughs) <laughs> and people ask a lot how to write a book. They ask me that a lot. Um, and I'm like, oh, you guys, you're asking the wrong person. But this is what I know. And it is the first step is words on paper, I always say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a great sponsor who we'll talk about later who can be more helpful in writing a book than me. <laughs> but um, I I needed help. I like I said to my agent, um, oh, hey, what happens if I give my advance back? Like, I don't think I'm going to write this book anymore. Mm. I just couldn't do it. I felt like I can't do this. This is too hard. I don't, I'm done. Like I, I literally didn't know what to do. And then Micah and all of her writing wisdom helped me out. So you are a huge reason that this book was birthed, Micah. And I'm serious, like major, major, major. And you're good at that. So if you need writing advice, ask Micah. Don't ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was an... It was a privilege, and um, honestly, I I think that my friend Heather's voice is so important and so important in our community, and um, it was it was an honor to just be part of it and Aww, thanks, to, girl. to help your help the word vomit. Yes, <laughs> be a little something. more um, edible. I don't know how to turn vomit into that. It's just, yeah, a little more appetizing. It is. Okay. It's a beautiful book, and thanks, it is girl. not word vomit and. It, it, it has been made into something really wonderful. So um, tell us a little bit, Heather, about where this book came from in you. 
how you got to, how did you come to, to scoot over and make some room after having written The Lucky Few? Yeah, I remember when The Lucky Few came out right, shortly after a really dear friend of mine was like, what's your second book going to be about? And I was like, oh girl, I've got one story and I told mm -hmm. it. And so, and I never set out to be a writer or an author and I loved it, but writing a book is really, really hard. Um, and, and being so soon after the book coming out, I'm like that. Yeah. I'm not doing that Yeah. anytime soon. I'm going to need a little break from that. And then I was on the freeway and just had a moment of like, this is what I want to say. This is what I want to tell the world. And it was probably a year after the lucky few came out. And I think I was just ready to start again and realize that I, yes, I have a main story, but my life keeps happening, which means my mm -hmm. story keeps unfolding. Um, and I just, I know I've only been on this journey of parenthood for 10 years and, and in the Down syndrome community for 10 years. And that's not a long time, but I also feel a sense of urgency, um, to share what I've learned and to, to make people hear it in a way that's meaningful so that we are shifting narratives and we are creating a more inclusive world. So the main theme of the book is inclusion. Like, how are we going to create a more inclusive world? And, um, while we were raising Mason in August and truly, we were also intentionally living in, in spaces with people who were different than us in terms of socioeconomic and ethnically and like politically and figuring out how to do life with people like that. And my life was just richer for it. So I really just started writing stories of what I've learned as my kid's mom. Um, mm -hmm. And I have three kids who all find themselves on the fringes in some way in our society. So with Mason and August, they have a different ability and truly is a girl of color. She'll be a woman, a woman of color. And so we just live in a society that still devalues those people groups. Um, we live within systems that are set in opposition to those people groups. And as I'm raising my kids, it's like, this is unacceptable. Um, so I tell stories about experiences we've had and try to encourage the reader to realize that this isn't just for their sake. Like we are better off as human beings when we embrace all different kinds of people and learn from them and alongside them. And so Scoot Over Make Some Room was born. Love it. <laughs> um, I got to watch your beautiful promo video and you can also see it on your cover, but you've got this great imagery and metaphor of the couch. Yeah. And I love it so much. Will you explain more about that? Yes. So the couch kind of happened to us. We had a, an original um, cover design that ended up being changed. Um, but the original cover design was a drawing that looked like an extra long couch. Like it, I don't know how to explain it. Um, like it started at the top of the cover and then went down through the middle, almost like a couch wrapped around, if you could imagine that around mm. the book cover when it, as okay. a drawing. Um, so just like the vision of there's unlimited space on this, yeah. on this couch. And I like a couch because it's homey, like that people are invited into my home and mm -hmm. into my life. Um, and that it's going to, there's like a physical thing that needs to happen in order for someone to join me in my space. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we, when we had to change the book cover, when we chose to change the book cover to a, a photo of our family, we were like, we need a great couch, you know? So we're like mm -hmm. looking on Craigslist. We have a, we have a pretty cool couch in our house. That's a Navy blue, but it's not like a standout. 
and we were shopping and a, a friend of ours owns a little clothing shop in downtown Redlands, the city we're from. It's called Seed. A uh, shout out to Seed. They are amazing. Seed.com. Shout even. out Seed. Their clothes are ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Cutest dressed kids around. Seed kids. Um, and we were in their, sh- their store and they had this old bright orange pleather sofa mm. in their back room. And, we were, and it was the day before the photo shoot. And we were just going to wow. use our couch. And we're like, can we use your couch? And it's a sleeper sofa. So it's so heavy. It was like all the way in the back of the store. They're like moving clothing racks for us. And um, Oh, my gosh. And then it's just become like an icon. It's become mm-hmm. the thing. Even the color scheme has, has gone that way, marketing. But it is just the simple idea that like community happens on a couch. And there's, there's enough room for everybody to sit down. And every kind of person can can join you in your space mm. and should. I love that. And yeah, you see that it, like in the promo video, which everybody needs to watch and we'll link to, of course, um, that the couch ends up like it is in front of your house at one point, like in like on, on the sidewalk in front of your house. The couch mm-hmm. is at the school and um, and it just it's such a powerful image of there is in all of these parts of our lives, there is, we can choose whether we make room or not. And, yes. and I love that, you know, in that the title covers so much, but like there, you, nobody's left out. It isn't like, um, you know, the, those of us who are parents of kids with different abilities can sit back and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. All of you people need to make room for our kids. But we're also called out like we're because you you don't just leave it there. You go into race Mm -hmm. and you you go into um, so many systems that keep people separate and that um, that keep us from community and knowing each Mm -hmm. other. And and you ask everybody to scoot over and make some room. And and I love that we're. Where did that title come from? Just from your beautiful brain? Oh, girl, you guys, you guys if people listen to the podcast, we have so many great t-shirt ideas just flowing out of my mouth all, at all times of day. Um, it was initially a title of a chapter um, about schools and okay. like, hey, dear everyone at school, scoot over make some room for my kid. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually a chapter that got switched to make room for the wildflowers. Cause I was talking about flowers and gardens. Like you got to scoot over make room. Um, I have this little metaphor, but, and then I think everyone who knows me also knows I'm a little bit sassy. So it felt like that needed to be the title. It just felt right of all the mm-hmm. book of all the titles in the chapter, the original title of the book, it wasn't, it was not working for me. And, and as the book unfolded, it was not what the book was about at all. And mm. so then it was like, okay, it was titleless, And then, yeah, it just was the right, the right title. Yeah. With this being your second book, um, tell us about the process of writing it. Well, um, <laughs> it's hard. It's just hard to write a book. And I, um, it's a discipline for me in my season of life. Um, truly, truly just got home. So we're going to bring True in. Hey, girlfriend. Can you come say hi to everyone? We're recording a podcast. 
but we're recording for real. So say say hey, this is true. Hi, hey, this is true, and we're talking about mom's book. We love you. All right, head on upstairs. Augie's <laughs> watching a movie. Um, I think writing writing a book. This is just what I'll say about it because it is a long thing, but it writing is an art form and an artistic expression, but I don't have that freedom. I, I feel personally when I'm writing a book because I'm also raising kids and running a business. And so then it's a discipline. So mm -hmm. that's what this book was for me. It was a discipline. It was a, I have a sitter or my kids are in school from these hours and I will sit down and I will write this book. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really, it was actually a real discipline for me personally and my personality to reach out to Micah or to like to say, I, I need some guidance here. Like I'm stuck and I need help. Um, and then it really is just get the words on paper and thank God for editors. Mm. Editors are so good mm -hmm. in the writing process mm -hmm. and I don't think get enough credit <laughs> from authors. So it's just, it was hard. Um, but at the, and like I said, at the beginning of this interview, I wanted to quit but then once it was done, I felt like a labor of love and I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of this book. Awesome. I'm excited for it to go in the world. And I wonder, cause I, um, like, I know you are beloved in our down syndrome community. Um, and, and maybe, um, the lucky few that your first book was received most, I don't know, maybe you would. You, maybe this is not true. This is just my assumption that most of your readers have been in the Down syndrome community, mm -hmm. people who were drawn to your story um, and or the community of adoption, maybe people who were um, interested in your story of adoption. Uh, what about this book? Do you feel like you wrote it for our Down syndrome community? Do you feel like you wrote it for somebody else? I definitely wrote it for somebody else. And I actually had people in mind. Um, like physical pictures of certain people. Don't tell us their names. I'm not telling any names, <laughs> <laughs> but people that I've that I want to hear to have this message um, mm. of inclusion. I think more so in the I talk about race in this book, and I definitely have people in mind with those chapters. Like I'm, mm. I need them to read this because we've had conversations that haven't gone anywhere, and I, maybe I've explained it better in this book. So I, I think that most people who will read it, I think the Down syndrome community is really going to enjoy it, but I'm hoping that everybody outside of that community reads it mm -hmm. um, to have a better understanding of, I think a better understanding of like the reality for all of us. And, I, and granted, we all have different experiences, but we have the similarity of what it's like to have a kid with Down syndrome in schools and in dance classes and in church and in community. Um, and people realizing like, oh, I didn't even know that was happening in your worlds and humans mm -hmm. are good and kind. And how can we make this better? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and then the overall message of actually your life will be better and richer when you do create space for people who are different mm -hmm. in your spaces. So I think my target audience, it's, it's geared towards moms. I think a white able-bodied mother who is raising able-bodied children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's for all people of color, but all different ethnicities. But um, the message, there's some messages there that I think that'd be the target. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I think when you say that, you're saying that, yeah, not to say, not to exclude, but because you no. feel like, like, especially for a white woman to write about race, um, that 
most of the time that communication needs to be toward white oh yeah other white people because you have nothing to say to people of color because they because i'm learning i'm just you're you're just learning right yeah yeah and yeah not to be exclusive at all but um it really is i who it's for is people in a privileged space yeah you know yeah yeah so people who have room to make People who have people who are taking up all the spots on the sofa. <laughs> have you guys seen that um, that shirt that says "I wish I had the confidence"? Oh, Lord, give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Have you seen that? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> I haven't seen that. It's so good. Uh, my friend um, oh Kathy Kong is an author. She wrote "Speak yes. Up," which is an incredible book that everyone should get. But she has that shirt and wore it. I did like a women's trip with her and she wore it. I'm like, that's, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Heather, will you share with us um, a small story or maybe your favorite story that you have in your book? Yes. I I think my favorite story of my whole life forever will be Mason's first dance recital. Yes. Um, And I've shared it in a blog post, but I really... I share it in a different way in the book and um, it was just such an incredible picture of people scooting over and making room and being better off for it. Like the hundreds of people who were positively affected and some who were changed forever mm. because they put, they changed, they did like a little tweak to change everything for Macy to be successful mm. in a space where normally that doesn't happen. Um, that would be my favorite favorite mm. story of my life maybe so far. <laughs> I love that. I think one of the things that you do so well in this book is like you give us little um like little metaphors to hold on to 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 make things that are pretty complicated. Like, you know, obviously we've had whole episodes on this podcast about inclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's really challenging to talk through um, especially to, uh, like a, a parent of, of only able-bodied kids, right. Or mm-hmm. like that to try to explain without sitting down for a good 15 minutes, <laughs> yes. what <laughs> is so important about inclusion for our kids, why it matters so deeply to us. And I think that one of the things you do so well is like, take it and give us a picture and help us, um, help us like think about it in a way that is simpler. And so you have a whole chapter on wildflowers and I love this chapter. And, and you, what you talk about is the tidy garden versus the wildflowers, Mm -hmm. like, like the typical gen ed classroom as being kind of a tidy garden and our kids with down syndrome as being these wildflowers who kind of grow at their own pace and they grow in their own way. And it's not as easy to plan for, and it's not as easy to make these straight rows, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. Um, I would love for you to read that portion and maybe we can chat about it a little bit. Is there a a bit of that chapter you can read Jess? Yes. So it, prior to this section, I do talk about, the wildflowers in schools and how, um, when we, like I've experienced when they're saying, okay, Mason can be in the genetic classroom. Um, and if you use the metaphor of a wildflower, 
but she's going to have to grow a little nicer and neater, right? Like then there's mm-hmm. like a plucking and pruning that takes place. And so how do we let wildflowers grow amongst the nice, neat rows? Because we don't want to do away with the nice, neat rows. There's a place for kids who grow in a tidy, nice, neat space too. Um, or like when you put your kid, they're like, well, they're in a special ed class, but they're included in recess and in assemblies and, you know, field trips. Like, well, no, you're actually just taking that little garden and like moving it around amongst the other garden, but there's no intermingling. So this is a little, a very, like a short little excerpt from that chapter. Um, And we're talking about school and inclusion with MACE. I have been very clear with our school about how important inclusion is for Mason and why. It took us nearly three years of convincing the powers that be that inclusion is the best practice, not only for Mason, but also for all the students at the school. For almost three years, Mason had shown up at a school that was convinced she belonged in a special education classroom. For those three years, I did everything I could to prove to the school that Mason should belong as a full citizen. And when Mason was not fully included, every time I stepped onto campus to drop her off or pick her up, I too felt as if I wasn't included. We were both visitors waiting for full citizenship, both trying to prove that we belonged. Once when I was volunteering at a school event, along with a handful of other parents, one of the moms pointed out that she had never seen me at a PTA meeting, and she encouraged me to join them at the next one. I smiled at her politely and declined, but if the timing had been right, I might have said something like this. If the PTA would support kids like Mason and assist in our effort to make the school more inclusive, I wouldn't have to work so hard to get her fully included, and I'd have some time to show up at a PTA meeting or two. It's difficult to invest in a school or the PTA when I'm not sure if my child or I even belong there. When I share our journey through the educational system with others, people tend to say one of two things. First, why don't you want Mason in a special education class? Isn't the regular class too difficult for her? Or two, why in the world do you have to fight so hard for her to be in general ed? Doesn't everyone already support that? Shouldn't all kids learn together? My responses to these questions are more or less the same. Inclusion isn't about academic ability or social appropriateness. It's about acceptance, belonging, and seeing the worth of every student. The majority of school-age students fit nicely into the existing systems and therefore fail to see the ways students with different abilities are pushed aside. When we function easily within the existing system, the idea of changing it all up of scooting over and making some room for the student who does in fact learn very differently from the rest of the class. It seems a little bit radical, but isn't that just what we need? A little bit of radical, some radical love that leads to radical generosity, that leads to radical thinking, that leads to garden flowers and wildflowers sharing the same soil, the same water, the same sun, and growing up side by side, both needing to give up a little for the other both scooting over and making room for the other. Mm. Mm. I love it. Keep you reading. Know what I, <laughs> can you just read it for the rest of the episode, okay. please? This is going to be uh, a seven-hour episode. <laughs> what I do love is, like, if you take that metaphor just one step further, like, I love the sharing the soil and sharing the sun and sharing the space together and like what actually happens under the surface that is hard to categorize and hard to prove is those roots growing the intermingling and Mm -hmm. growing together 
And I think that those of us who have a vision for inclusion for our kids, like that is the, the biggest vision we see. Mm -hmm. It's like when our kids are included in these gen ed classrooms, it's not just like, oh, this is hard and how are we going to figure out how to like tame the wildflowers or how to help them grow side by side with these neat rows. But also like this is a beautiful thing that these roots get to grow together. And how is it going to change these, like the neat, tidy flowers forever hmm. to have intermingled, <laughs> to like, to be changed yeah. by the flower beside them? Yeah. Yeah. There's um, in the chapter, I think it's in this chapter, I tell a story about her second grade teacher who understood, and I'd say she loved radically and she, hmm. she had figured out in her years of teaching how to have a a mason grow alongside and with everybody else. And on World Down Syndrome Day that year, it was the year my book, The Lucky Few, came out because uh, my book came out on Down, World Down Syndrome Day and the kids missed school that day. So we weren't there for this. We found out the next day. But they, <laughs> she grew, everyone did a handprint and they made something, they called it Mason's Meadow. Um, and they all put their handprint and created this meadow and then put because Mason's taught us so much or because we've grown so much because of Mason. Oh, I love and that. And it was like, when you do it, yeah, when you like see the vision of doing life alongside people mm -hmm. who are different than you and, and the importance of that, then you have these beautiful meadows mm -hmm. and intermingling and, and the such. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm. Thanks, we, friends. We, um, I think... Like in some ways we know this as hearing your voice on this podcast every week, but, um, but you know, what is it as you were writing this book that you felt like you most desperately wanted the reader to, to know, to understand about your children. And I don't mean just Mason and Augie, but all three of your kids truly all three too. Of my kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, it starts to sound a little repetitive, but it, it really is the message. Like, I I feel like I want to go in and just like shake people, and to wake up and look around, look around, and who is missing, you know, who is mm. missing from your space, and that person that is missing has so much to offer you, um, and your and your understanding of humanity, and um, to make your life so much richer and fuller because their experience is so different, and so how do we I want people to be intentional in that, like to look around and say, who's not here and mm. why are they not here? And then how do I get them here? Um, or how do I go into those spaces where, where I'm missing, you know, like, I, which I feel like as parents with kids with Down syndrome, we do, we have to be intentional in that regard, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have to show up in spaces where our kids are missing. Um, so, and with truly, I mean, I could, it's like a whole other conversation and it's been, we've just been doing the work in this area with trying to understand um, like what needs to happen with racial reconciliation and, and what our job, how, how to raise her, you know, like how to be white parents and raise her in this world that we live in um, and in the society that we live in and the systems that we live in. And I just am just barely learning it, but I've, 
it's just opened up our lives to relationships with people who I never would have been in a relationship otherwise. Mm, yeah. And so I feel like my kids have forced me there, right? Like I, mm. if I didn't have my kids, it'd be so easy and comfortable and nice to just do my like able-bodied white self around the world, around my, my space and, and have those nice, neat rows. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's such a lack of depth and meaning and understanding of what it really is to be human. Mm. Um, that I've found because my kids have forced me into spaces that I'm so thankful. Mm. I'm so thankful that I had them force me there. And I, and that's what I want everyone to have. Like I want everyone to, to have, um, to realize, oh my gosh, I need to be in these places mm-hmm. and to choose it. Mm. I, I, that makes sense. I love, I, yeah, I, I love what you're saying about being shaken, mm-hmm. like, like wanting to shake <laughs> shake people and say, who's missing? Who's Mm -hmm. missing here? And I was, I was recently, I can't remember if I was reading or if I heard it, but, um, Richard Rohr was talking about things that are, are sufferings, like things that look like suffering when they first come to us and, um, and how like things that look like death actually are resurrection actually Mm. become, um, the thing that that gives us our life. And, um, man, I think about that in terms of like the way that I grieved when I got ACEs prenatal diagnosis, or I think about that in your story, Heather of infertility and, um, the, the long story. And this is a plug for the, your original book. Everybody (laughs) go read the lucky few. Um, (laughs) but like, and that like, those things that look that at first can look like death and are actually life. Yes. yes. And that is, I think for us, like what, what was, what shook us awake to start to see like, who have I not been including? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I, I mean, I don't know if I have more to say about that besides just that, like, I love that. I love that vision. I love Mm -hmm. that. It's the thing that looks like it's so hard. How can we get through this thing? And that is actually what breaks open a new world. Yeah. And I think that what I know was true for myself and I think would still be true if I didn't have my kids is the thing that needs to die is my need for like comfort and security. Mm. Um, and that people really value that, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's why when I say, oh, my kid's going to be in this, in the classroom with your kids, or even when the way that kids interact with each other, like it starts so young, mm-hmm. like you're trying to hold on to that comfort and security so tightly. And if you let that die, then what rises from that is so beautiful mm-hmm. and so, um, valuable and worthy and rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a, a better perspective on life and humanity. And Richard Rohr is the best. Let's just plug Richard, Richard Rohr here Richard for a Rohr. second. Hey, hey, Rich, Richie Rich, hey, when you want to come be on our podcast and, you know, talk about... All, anything. <laughs> talk about anything. Anything, buddy. Whatever anything. you want to talk about, Mr. Rohr. <laughs> Um, um, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Mercedes. Um, 
you kind of briefly talked about this when you were telling your story about how you were driving on the freeway and the vision of this book. You had something to say. Mm-hmm. And um, you felt a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Why do you believe so passionately that now is the time for people to speak up and scoot over? It's time. I And I... I think there's things happening. I think we live in an exciting time um, where with the me- with the mix of social media and like a global community and the ability to communicate and share so much with so many people quickly, like let's take advantage of this and let's use it for good mm-hmm. and let's make these changes now. Like let's, let's make sure that these things are happening now um, and that this isn't like a stepping stone towards it will happen for our grandchildren. No, 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 no. Like our kids right now need to be growing up in spaces where everyone, where there are people around them who respond differently to the world, who look different and act different. Um, and as adults, we need to be around people who look differently and act differently and vote mm-hmm. differently. And we need to like sit in the tension and listen and learn from each other and not be quick to be right. Because I think, I don't, I just like you look at the news and you look at the world and I just think people are becoming more and more miserable. Um, and as we become more and more divisive. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, I feel, and again, I'm, I'm very young. Thank you. But so young, so young, all of us are. So my, my understanding of the world is a very young understanding, but where we're at now, there's so much division and there's so much margin Mm. and it is just critical that we um, bridge those gaps. Mm. And I think that relationships with people with different abilities or anybody outside of who you are has the power to bridge that gap. And mm-hmm. it needs to happen now. Mm-hmm. So I feel a sense of urgency. Can I, can I tell you a story? You mentioned sitting in the tension, Heather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story of the tension I've been sitting in. Uh, our listeners may know that we live in San Francisco, like in the city proper, and we made a conscious decision to do that. And that's been part of that has been like, I want my kids to grow up in a place that is not like pe- people who look just like them. You know, I've already got these like beautiful, so good looking, beautiful <laughs> boys, but they these are. are these are white boys who already have so much power and privilege going into their lives. And I really want them to be in a place where they are the minority and they are learning from um, that. They know what it's like to not um, be the, yeah, the majority in their classroom or, um, you know, to experience life that way. And, and so like there, that's been a thought process for me for a while. Um, so we talk about race in my house and I think there's times that I can pat myself on the back. Um, so I, um, you know, had, I don't know, I have open conversations with August about it. And one day he's standing at our refrigerator and I have all of my Christmas cards. I've cut photos out and like made a collage of all these people we love, you know, across the country who have sent us, um, Christmas cards and he's looking at it and he's like mom (laughs) all your friends are white (laughs) 
I knew you were going to say that. That's what he says to me. <laughs> I knew you were going to say it too. <laughs> He's like, look at this. Look at this. All your friends are white. And you're always talking about like be, being around diversity and like appreciating other cultures. And, you know, essentially, look what's on your fridge. Like that's the fruit of your <laughs> oh, life. No. All right. You know, and, and um, man, it, it floored me. It's not like I hadn't thought of that before but um i think that that is like when you talk about how they're sitting in the tension like that's a tension i need to sit in because mm -hmm. i can be um i can you know spout my beliefs about like systems of racial oppression and i can say oh look at these schools that i placed my kids in on purpose or you know whatever and i can pat myself on the back but the fruit is like my closest relationships in this in this world are the people who are sending me christmas cards and the people mm. who are sending me christmas cards are white yeah that's so, like a whole thing <laughs> it's a whole thing i know that is but tense. this is <laughs> but and I, it's yeah. real yeah it's real and tricky and layered and nuanced and yeah yeah and I think too like that it to even recognize and I know you know this that you can choose to do that to put your kids in a school like that mm -hmm. you know like you can choose the school oh definitely you can, you can choose the makeup of the school that you want your kids to be a part of mm -hmm. like that alone I think that even I recognize that like even in the work that we're trying to do in that sphere um even with truly like we are intentional in the school that truly attends so that most people look like her at school, but mm -hmm. I get to choose that and not all people get to, right. get to do that. You Absolutely. Know? Mm -hmm. And, and so I think that people of privilege, which I am one, it's the layers and the blinders that we have on. Like, I think they're all gone. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have just barely scratched the surface here. Like I mm -hmm. have so much, so we just live in systems that have oppressed certain people groups that aren't me. Um, and so why have I even had to notice it? I don't know. It's, it's like a whole thing. It's a whole, mm -hmm. it's a situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, and you have, and it's hard. You have one chapter um, on race. And of course there are so many um, books that can, can go deep into those things. But I think that chapter is a really good place for people to start. Mm -hmm. to start thinking about what what it means when we say systems what yeah. it yeah you know what it means when we talk about privilege mm -hmm. yeah and if those ideas if your knee-jerk reaction is like defensiveness mm -hmm. like what is that what's that saying mm. you know that tension and mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. um we wanted yeah. to talk about that um why it's important to sit in that tension yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, because I think because that's where the learning is, mm -hmm. you know, like that's where the growth, like a diamond, Aww. right? Isn't it like the tension of coal? How does, how's this, what's the science here, Mercedes? Oh, yeah. I feel like you're good at science. Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> I feel like Andy said that. Oh, I think Andy's good at science. Aren't you the self-professed um, um, science I queen? don't know about how diamonds are made. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but... Yes, I think the tension of um I don't I I'm just listening to you girls talk about this because this is something that I live in all the time. Yeah. And yeah. um I just have my own 
thoughts on it. And I think the way you guys are going about it is really beautiful and thoughtful. And um, also, I think you guys, in a way, are privileged that you, through your children, your blinders have been lifted to even think Mm -hmm. about it. Because um, Mm -hmm. I feel that some, if it's not forced upon you, you will, you won't notice it. You won't even know it's missing. And unless like you guys are saying, we tell people now, now is the time to ask yourself, what's your, what does your circle look like? Are you guys all the Mm -hmm. same? That's wrong. Yeah. Change it up. You need to make some room. Who's missing? Who's missing? Um, And I really, I love that. Um, I think that's awesome. And I know for me, diversity is major. Our whole, my little, our little family, me, Andy, Rhodes, Shepard, Sunflower, we're just like a whole concoction of diversity in this one little house. And even within where we live, where we have chosen to live in Southern Orange County, mm-hmm. we are the diversity. We mm-hmm. have to seek so intentionally <laughs> other people who are not white so that my kids and myself can feel like we too are having a refrigerator full of multi-ethnic people because my fridge just as much can be filled with mostly or primarily um my wonderful lovely white friends who I adore and do life with all the time and I too have to seek out um and look for and make some room but for me I feel like it's like more than making room it's like oh my unicorn oh my gift to find people um, who are like me as yeah. opposed to not like me is that weird yeah. it's it's an opposite it's a flip it's a flip <laughs> it's yeah. interesting it, it is interesting but either it way like you're you Mercedes are you're still in a place where you have that burden like yes, you, totally. like I am not in a big you're city. You're having to seek I'm, it out. Yes, I have to seek it out, it's and I'm, hard. I live in a very privileged area. And even in that, um, I've been like told, like, well, I could move and I could seek diversity, but I'm also like, I kind of have a right to be here too. I don't like mm. that this area that I live in is primarily white. I want it to be more colorful, and sometimes I'm, I'm, I think man, if I were to remove myself, I don't know. It's such a, it's a tug and pull because if Mm -hmm. I were to remove myself from that, I just also don't think that's making room. You know, it's a, it's a weird, it's a tension that I sit in, but I want my boys just like I want sunflower not to always feel so different. Don't you think, I feel like Mm -hmm. that can be so exhausting. So that's Mm -hmm. why I do try to find um, other people outside of my community of where we live to be like, look at, we're, we're here. Yeah. We're, there's a, mm. a, there's more, there's just more out there. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Diversity. I, I, I would say that, oh gosh, I feel like we're going to end on this hard note, but <laughs> I would say that, um, anyone who is in, in a margin space. So whether you're a person of color or different ability or an immigrant or LGBTQ or whatever it is, like I, I say this and we can talk about it more later in life. Um, 
the pressure to scoot over is not on the marginalized people. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we're saying to the majority privilege, you, the, the work that needs to be done here is on us. Yes. Like it is on me. It is on Micah. It's mm-hmm. not on you, Mercedes. You know what I mean? Like yeah, totally. it is on us to do the work to make sure that people in the margins are seen and heard and valued and demarginalized. Um, and of course, anyone in a homogenous group, it, yes, like have, bring people, like have some people with Down syndrome in your life, you know, like have someone right. in a wheelchair in your life, like for sure do those things. But the message really is for the people who are in the majority privileged spaces mm-hmm. um, to do the work. Like there, enough work is being done already in minority groups. Yeah, They are working really hard already. Um, and that's part of the message too, with this book, like people don't realize how hard other people groups are working just to have some value and worth in America. Mm-hmm. People don't see it or recognize mm-hmm. it because we don't have to, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, and so we need to make room. We need to go over and make some room. Yep. And it's the, <laughs> it's the, like those of us who've been sitting on the couch for a really long time, not realizing how many people are standing mm-hmm. behind yes. us outside of our, outside where we're looking. Yeah. And so first you look and then you scoot over. Mm-hmm. You get your little tushy squ- squished up. Squish, squish it up. Tush. Squish your tush over. God, people, I think people are like, I don't know that I that I want to read this book. This is a little bit a little bit heavy. Too much. <laughs> That's too much. It's funny too. It's funny too. It is funny. You're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. Gonna okay, like it. Heather, tell us. Um, just remind our listeners where people can connect with you online where they can find your new book and where they can yeah like find this video and all the things we talked about yeah um your best bet is the lucky few.com is kind of the hub for all these things we are also our scootoverbook.com is just a website for the book um we I, i did this thing that my publishers were like oh that's cute and sweet and then my book launch manager person was like, that was crazy. Um, but I put a call out to do 25,000 copies by the day the book releases, uh, which is the year goal to sell 25,000 copies in a year. And That's so we're amazing. doing our challenge of 25 by 25 because it comes out on June 25th. Ooh, See what we did there? I like <laughs> it. And again, my publishers are like, yeah, you go, girl. And then this guy, he's like, I saw that. And I was like, I don't know about, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Heather, it's a pretty <laughs> radical goal, but we can do it. But all that to say, that's how much I believe in this message. That's how much mm. um, diversity and inclusion and making room in my life for others has changed my life for the better. And I really want to see this book in the hands of way more than 25,000 people. So go yeah. to amazon.com, pre-order it. Yes. That's your best bet for a pre-order. If you're listening to this post that you can order it from any of your retailers, you can order it from Barnes and Noble and Target and Books a Million or wherever. I don't I don't know that bookstore because I don't think we have it in yeah. California. <laughs> does, it, um, does it still exist? I don't know. I don't know. But wherever you buy your book, you can get it there online. And and I hope you do. So that's that. That's that. Um, you guys, we're not quite done yet because after mm-hmm. we take this quick little lovely break, we're going to be back with our favorite part of every episode of the lucky few podcast and you can guess what it is you think about it and maybe you'll remember when we get back hey micah here if you have ever thought about writing a book 
I'm wondering if you know that you're already on the writing journey. We have partnered with our friends at HopeWriters.com to share a free 30-second quiz to see where you are in your writing journey and to help you move forward in getting the story out of your mind and into the hearts and minds of others. To learn more and to take their free 30-second quiz, you can go to HopeWriters.com backslash quiz. I'll say it again. That's HopeWriters.com backslash quiz. H-O-P-E-W-R-I-T-E-R-S dot com backslash quiz. If you have a message of hope to share, Hope Writers wants to help you use it to inspire your readers. Okay, describe your style in one word. Simple, sophisticated, adventurous. However you dress, the stylists at Stitch Fix can help you find your new favorite piece. And now Stitch Fix is not only an online personal styling service for you, it is one for your kids. That's right. If you are a parent, you can try out Stitch Fix's new kids boxes. They offer sizes 2T through 14 with eight to 12 items per box. And your kid is going to love the surprise of getting their very own Stitch Fix box with their exclusive styles and be the best dressed kid on the playground. So here's how you get started today. Go to stitchfix.com slash kids slash the lucky few. And if you do, you can try Stitch Fix with a no styling fee and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. So this is what we're doing. We're going to stitchfix.com slash kids slash the lucky few stitchfix.com slash kids slash the lucky few. Go find out what they have for your kids and take advantage of this really fun offer. Get a box with exclusive styles for your kiddo. Welcome back to the lucky few podcast where we have been um, chatting with our girl Heather Avis today about her new book. Um, But now my friends, it is time for the most specialist time of every episode, and it is called Good, 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 Good. It's good, called the Good, good News. Good News. Ooh. Get it, Merce. I know, she, I did it. <laughs> Mercedes hit a high note. <laughs> I felt it. It was perfect. You did. It was, it was a little trio. <laughs> all three of us. We've been, working, we've been working all season for yeah. that. Just for that one <laughs> the last episode of the season. <laughs> oh, you guys, today we're, we're not going to um, go to our dear listeners. I want to hear from you guys. What, um, what are you celebrating this week? In the life of your babies with Down syndrome. I just want to say school's almost over and I cannot wait (laughs) for school to be over. I'm so excited Uh, for break. What? Let's have some good news about my kids. Mason Hope, R.B. Avis. Um, we're going to Mrs. Brown, as everybody knows, yes. and we're working on writing, and she is just writing the word M-O-M, mom, Aww. all over the place, Aww. and 
even when she writes her name, she's writing it M-O-M, which is lovely and adorable. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Working on her M's. Sweet little Mason. I know. What can you do? She's so great. Perfect. Perfect. Mercedes, do you have good news? I have good news. Um, So Sunflower for the past month has been taking sign language and um, also going to Terry Brown. We've been doing sight words and um, her writing. She flipped over the page and wrote a C and an F and was trying to tell Mrs. Brown what she was saying. Um, through sign language and Miss Brown wasn't quite getting it so she took a video of Sunny and sent it to me and she's like help mom what is she saying and I'm like oh she wants cheeseburgers and french fries <laughs> yeah. C and an F a C that's and amazing F. but Mercedes. I was like oh my gosh <laughs> she's very motivated by food so food sign like pizza all day I hear oh. once she learned that sign it was like pizza and I really and she tries to say it so it's like all like coming together, like all yes. the dots are like coming together through so sign, fun. through the sight words, through um, her writing constantly around on paper. And um, it's just fun to be in that, um, to watch it, to watch it all kind of coming together and for her words to be forming more like she's just like jibber jabbering more but that's like the start of it you know yeah yes so it's fun it's fun Uh, and i love like c and an f c and an f i didn't even know she knew that (laughs) cheeseburger and fries but um like i'm saying like the sight words that we're doing like she knows those like maybe it's not the whole word but she's getting it you know yeah so that's like that's so fun to see at least with oh, food. I love it. She's getting it. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's how I am, man. <laughs> I would have. If I. Yeah. Cheeseburger and french fries. That sounds like what my first word should have been, too. Um, okay. So I a couple of weeks ago, we had Ace's IEP. And I, I have two good newses. And one is just like I really. I, I can't tell you all how grateful I am for this team that is behind Ace at his Mm. school. Just the way that they love him, the, um, their just genuine care for him and, um, commitment to his, his inclusion. And, um, so even like, you know, we had conversations back and forth about um, them wanting him to go into the special day class Mm -hmm. for, gathering time for the circle time for 20 minutes and you know why that why they felt like this was important and that sort of thing and so and I you know kind of I was a little bit like (gasps) what what does this mean and but one of the things that they when they approached me with it they were like and we want Ace to pick a a friend or two every time from his class he can pick like from pictures on the wall or choose a friend to go with him over to that gathering time and I think just the thoughtfulness of Mm -hmm. like finding ways for him to feel like um he he always is part of the inclusion classroom and like I think that that's I just really love the thoughtfulness of these Mm. teachers and therapists um um so they uh, the other thing I wanted to say was that he is 
learning how to play make-believe. Oh, yay. That's awesome. And he is, like, going into the the pretend kitchen at school and pulling things out and stirring bowls. He's also oh, hugging shit. the baby doll and Aww. putting it down. And Maybe you should have a baby. I, that's what this must be telling me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Heather, I I, now we figured it out. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I will. Yeah. No, okay, I'm yeah. just kidding, everybody. This oh my is, gosh. This is not how I'm making those kinds of decisions these days. Not by what based Heather Avis on, says oh. about based on, on Ace's love for baby dolls. Instagram queen <laughs> says. <Right. laughs> Hashtag. Just kidding, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. But yes, Sorry. I do remember a year ago putting, um, putting play, like wanting playing pretend to be on his goals. His IEP goals, and I just love that. That's oh, it's like a progress. goal, yes. and then he's yes. making progress in it, yes. and it's so yes. sweet. It is so, so sweet. sweet. So good job, everybody. Aww. Good job, you guys. It's it's time for us to to head out and say bye to Peace season out. three. Um, hey, everybody. Guess what? Yeah, yeah. Guess so, what? Yeah, you're going to be seeing more of the Lucky Few podcast, and <gasps> we are changing up our format a little bit. And we are a year old, um, three seasons in. And so, well, like, we're a little more than a year, a year and a few months. And we're not going anywhere. Not right, going. No. Nowhere. We are, you're stuck Nowhere with us, except but... for your ears. <laughs> what? Except for in your ears. <laughs> but we're going to be doing some more episodes. So we're not even necessarily saying we'll see you next season. We're just going to see right. you when we come back, which is sooner then than later. later. That's right. Get ready. Um, because what it's going to start to look like is a little bit um, shorter episodes and um, more of the the free flow Mercedes, Heather, and Micah just chatting it out. And we're really excited about that. That's part of the thing we love doing the most is just being here together and talking about things that are important and that are coming up in our Down Syndrome community. So, um so stay tuned. We're going to be back. We're going to be back soon in June. Woohoo. Yep. Yeah. And you can be leaving us messages about, like, you can email us. Let us know things you want to hear more of on the podcast. Um, yeah. That's yeah. what we need from you. Yeah. That's what we need. We, we really want to get feedback from you guys. And we really we're want to be talking about the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. And until then, my friends, big thanks to our editor and producer, Andy Lara. Big thanks to our sponsors, to our intern, Val Schleider, and to all of you who have shared the Lucky Few podcast with friends, listened faithfully, and cheered us through this season three. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember that you... Our beautiful listeners out there supporting your loved one with Down syndrome, you are a shouter of worth and a narrative shifter. Keep going. We're cheering you on. Scoot over and make some room. (laughs) And we will see you very soon on the Lucky Few Podcast. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Lucky Few Podcast. Review our show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our new home at anchor.fm slash the lucky few pod, where you can support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. 
visit Anchor or our website, www.theluckyfewpodcast.com, to begin supporting us today. Follow us on all social media at The Lucky Few Pod. Tell us about your good news by leaving us a voicemail or text at 424-442-9147. Our show is edited and produced by Andy Lara at andylikeswords.com. See you next time, and thanks for listening.